everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. I am Sal, and today we're going to talk some High Republic. We're going to talk some books. And as you know, when I usually, when I talk books, I have a guest. So back on the podcast, I have a very special guest, Miss Emily Lynn from the Canto Byte Dispatch. You've come in with a whole lot of energy, and yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to match it. I also think I mixed that up. I should have been like, you know, like, from the Canto Byte Dispatch, Emily! Like, I don't know if I can do that. That's copyrighted. Like Those, <laughs> those buffer fam- I don't want the buffer family coming for me. Uh, but in any case, I, you know, you know where you're from. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing okay. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, school, in-person school has started. So like finding a schedule to take my son to school and back and working out like father things again, where we have to leave the house all of a sudden. It's been a weird couple of years where I've been able to get through most of it in a torn up tank top. Ah. So now I'm like, you know, I got to find a t-shirt. Gross, having you to know. put on clothes. Yeah, man, I got to go out Ugh. there, get out there, drive in the uh, unforgiving California <laughs> weather. <laughs> uh, you know what? I should just shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, we're going to talk books today, Emily. We're going to talk a really good book. We're going to talk Out of the Shadows. Because I like High Republic stuff. I've noticed that about you. It, like, I was looking forward to it. When I heard about it, it was like, look, this is like the golden era of Jedi. And I was like, good, because the ones today, these days are kind of jerks. Um, you know, so I was very, very excited. I was like, man, this is awesome. And so far, I have yet to be disappointed uh, on all fronts. But this book in particular, I think comes at things in a little bit different, like most of the other books. I guess we'll get into that in a second. But real quick, let's let people know where they can find you on the interwebs, webs, webs, webs. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ESLind, and you can listen to my somewhat Star Wars podcast that I do with my friend Brittany Brown, and that is the Canto Bite Dispatch. And you can find that at Canto Bite Pod. For... People who have not listened to the Canto Bite Dispatch. Like, she's saying somewhat Star Wars, but like, I'm telling you, like, everything about this is gold. I didn't even watch Gossip Girl, and I was waiting on every episode. And now I'm so happy. Like, me and Liz are watching Ted Lasso. And like, everybody told me to watch Ted Lasso, but I heard you talking about it so much that, you know, I was like, hey, we got that Apple TV. Like, let me go, like, I don't even mess with other services. Like, if it's not on something, I'm like, eh, I'll just, like, you know, play guitar or something or watch Star Wars again. So when I was, like, looking at it, I'm like, this doesn't look interesting at all. But, like, let's watch it. Everybody says it's really good. And I heard Emily talking about it a lot. That show is glorious and it is wonderful. And I got my wife into it. And now, like, every Friday we're like, okay, it's, babe, babe, it's Ted Lasso time. Babe, can we watch Ted Lasso for dinner? And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, on paper, it was not a show I was ever going to watch. Because I'm like, eh, like, you know, like, oh, the bumbling American goes to the UK and he's coaching soccer and blah. And I'm like, that sounds stupid. I don't like it. And then my brother and his wife were like, this and this was like a couple episodes into the first season. Mm -hmm. They're like, you have to watch this show. And I 
trust them pretty implicitly, like more than I trust most people with who tell me to watch things. So then I just like, I like, you know, like by episode like two, I'm like, no, this is the greatest show of all time. And then I like, I got Brittany to start watching it. So now we talk about it on the show every week because, you know, sometimes there's not Star Wars to talk about, or sometimes I would just rather talk about Ted Lasso than whatever was happening in Star Wars. That's fair. And and I just like yeah. So we've been talking about the show nonstop. We we try to always have something on the go. Like we did Deadwood for a while, and then Brittany got really into Gossip Girl, so we were talking about that every week. <laughs> yeah, and now it's Ted Lasso, but Ted Lasso is going to be over, and then I'm going to be very sad. Like, how many more episodes do we have? Are we one? Oh, God. the last okay. week. Like, and it's getting hectic too. I'm I'm upset at people. <laughs> yeah, I'm upset at people too. Um, and yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so brilliantly done. Like, what a like, what a great villain turn. But man, uh, like, and I'm sitting here right now. Like, I'm I'm wearing my uh, Roy Kent jersey because yes. that's how into the show I am. I spent seventy dollars on a freaking well spent Richard well spent jersey. I'm gonna take a picture with you at the con. <laughs> but no, it's if you're not watching the show, you should be watching the show because it's great and it makes even like at times emotionally devastating but it just is the show that makes me the happiest i mean it's like there are these weird things where i find like my wife and i do not always agree on tv shows like she likes stuff that's very like i cannot like she'll do csi for hours or not, mm. is it csi lawn like either one of those she'll do forever and i'm like dude like this is just this has nothing to do like every episode is the same thing something happens and then they solve it and they're like well that was nice and like, I don't like those. Like, I'll watch Bosch because I like the ones that like it's a whole season for them to solve one crime. And she's like, this is taking too long. Uh, you know, but I like the deeper like stories like that. But yeah. then I also like really stupid things that are really funny sometimes. So she will just be like, oh, my God, are you watching Dark Place again? Like, are you watching IT Crowd again? Uh those are both great shows, though. Yeah, but, like, she's just like, I can't, like, this is the dumbest thing. And I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> like, isn't it the greatest? <laughs> but, you know, sometimes she doesn't feel that way. And that's fair. But I knew that she would like Ted Lasso if she would get into it. But as soon as I say, hey, come check this out. Like, she are, like she'll come into the show side-eyeing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I sometimes, what I did with Ted Lasso is... I said, okay, like, I really want you to check this out. And I think I just struck out with something. What did I try to get her to watch? I don't know. There was a show that I was watching right before. Oh, you know what? It might have been Mythic Quest. And she was like, nah, this is not. This just upsets me. And I was like, that's fair. Okay. But I was like, I really think you're going to like this one. But I started her on episode two and just explained what the first episode was about. Because, like, episode one is Mm. really, really good. But, like, episode two is when things start happening. And I know the things that start happening is going to be what would draw her in as opposed to just like the premise of like, hey, I'm the guy and I'm over here now. Man, England is crazy. Um, So I started her on episode two and eventually went back to episode one to watch it and stuff. But she like loves it now. We're all about it. But then she also does this weird thing when she's watching shows where it's Friday and I'm like, OK, like. Can we let's watch it? And she's like, oh, do we have to watch it like right? Can we watch it like tomorrow? And I'm like, why are we putting it off? I want to see it right now. <laughs> it came out four hours ago. Can we just watch it? And uh, but then she's like, well, then I have to like wait a whole week, you know? And I'm like, but you're gonna wait two weeks if you don't let me watch this episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to watch it without her, so I just like constantly bug her until like, 
you know, eventually she gives in. Yeah, by dinner, you know, the longest is like seven hours, and then we're we're watching it. Um, yeah, but this this season has been really really good, and it's gone in really really unexpected places. Um, and yeah, I'm really upset at the moment. Yeah, a a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah. But I, to be fair, I've been upset with him for a couple episodes. Like, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's been treading that way all season, mm-hmm. and I, like, there's even hints of it, like back in season one, because they obviously, yeah, yeah, has ha- have had it planned the whole time, and it's it was just like just so subtly done that all of a sudden you're like, hey, remember that person you love? Well, now they're a big dumb jerk. I was rooting for you. Like eight episodes ago, man, I had your back, dude. And you do me like this. I was, yeah. Like now I'm upset. I guess like four episodes ago, I was side-eyeing him. And I was like, come on, man. Like now I'm mad. Like now we're at like Tam levels. Of, uh, I was mad at Tam for a year for those who haven't listened to our Star Wars Resistance episodes uh, after yeah. season one. But I will say they turned it around. So It does. It does feel like at that level of betrayal. It like, does. Oh, you joined the Empire. Except it's like on many levels. Like, because it's not just one. Like, I guess Tams is like a big one. But this is like, you're a jerk over here. And then you were a jerk over there. And then you went over here and were a jerk too. Like, like, because now that's what I'm feeling. Like, you were yelling at this kid. It's got nothing to do with anything, man. What's the matter with you? That was you a year ago, punk. Yeah. And also <sighs> just like, it's like the thing, like, it's such a terrible thing to do to anybody but yes. to do it to somebody who is like your friend and the reason that you got promoted and have like the, all the stuff that you have now mm-hmm. is just like so extra terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I hear you. It is damn terrible. And that is a shame. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. <laughs> but I very much love Trent Krim of The Independent. Yeah, man. That is a stand-up dude. And like I got that like in that season one episode. Where he lets like the whole episode is him hanging out with him and eating spicy food. Um, like that whole piece that he writes at the end is really, really good. And that was the first time I was like, man, Trent Kim's all right. Like, you know what I mean? And that's, uh, yeah. it's kept, they've kept that up. I love him and I love his hair. Yes, for sure. Um, like that, that he's one of my favorite like side characters. I, I think my favorite is, is your Jersey, Mr. Roy Kent. I guess that's kind of on brand for me. I think he is a lot of people's favorite. That's fair. Yeah, and like I like Coach Beard's mysteriousness. That's a lot of fun yeah. too. I all the little random facts we know about him make <laughs> me so happy. Yeah. God damn, that's a good show. All right. Uh, this has been a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, now now we're turning into an episode of Canto Bite. It's been Canto Bite Minute <laughs> with me for no reason. <laughs> Hey, and that's that. Uh, what else have I been watching lately? You know what? I found, uh, we found another show on HBO. It's called Ghosts, and it's an English show about they, the the girl and her husband inherit a giant, like, property, like, mansion thing, and it's, like, haunted by, like, eight ghosts, and she can see them. Okay, like, I, I saw the pilot of that ages ago, but that I was getting it um Yoho Yoho the Pirate Life for me. But and I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was on HBO. So if it's on HBO then I will go back and watch it all. It's on I know HBO. Yeah. Okay. They just like they just they're doing like an American remake, which is always worrying. But Yeah. 
<laughs> Fair. Uh, it's really, really good, and it's really fun, and it's, but it's like that cute, dry British humor where you're like, ha-ha. <laughs> or I am. <laughs> I, like, I like that when you watch British uh-huh. shows, you laugh mm. in a British accent. Yes, that was wonderful, wasn't it, honey? Yes, my, my darling. Oh, this show is so enjoyable. What should we watch Saturday morning? Uh, so that was what we were watching uh, recently as well. But yeah, it's really, really funny. It's really cute. And they're all from like different ages. Like, you know, there's like a caveman ghost and like a renaissance ghost and a, like a guy who died in the 80s, you know, like a businessman guy. Um, I don't know. It's silly and it's funny. And uh, I find myself enjoying silly, funny shows for no reason. Yay. Anyway. Star Wars. You know what I like, Emily? Star Wars. All do the time. You? I do. I love me some Star Wars. Um I heard you guys talking a little bit about Visions, which I was very, very happy with recently. Um, And, man, Ronan, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that one. I think it has the potential to be really interesting. I know they put up, like, the first, like, five chapters or something, but I I can't do that. Like, Mm. I don't. Like, I don't want to, like, they'll do that sometimes with, like, movies where they'll put up, yeah, like, the first yeah. ten minutes, and I'm like, what? No, that's weird. Like, I'll watch a trailer, <laughs> but I don't want to watch, like, the first ten, like, it just, I can't, I'm, because then I'm like, then I'm going to try to read the book, and I'm going to be, I don't know, I can't do yeah. it, so I've been waiting for the book. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, you know what? I don't like that either. They do that with sometimes with, like, they'll be like, hey, here's a clip from such, I don't want to watch a scene, bro. Like, just put it in an appetizing trailer for me so I get, like, a sense of everything, not just one specific little piece that later when i watch the show i'm gonna be like oh yeah this part like i don't i don't like that either i'm not a fan of the clips but yes looking forward to running that is my jam that was a great uh awesome episode of visions and yes let's see okay let's go through this book and let's talk spoiler free stuff like thoughts of the book like on your i guess i guess the first thing i'll say is that what I one of the things I really liked about this book is that it came at the High Republic from like an entirely new angle, whereas most of the stories is all about these Jedi and all this is the the enemies that we're facing. The main character of this book is like a smuggler girl who's just trying to get by, and it is not easy being a smuggler when the Bind Guild just got dissolved and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and having your own ship is tough. Expenses, man. Yeah, I like I like that m- money matters in Star in this book. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like an actual concern that people have because they're not all just like Jedi wandering around who seem to you know get taken care of however they need to be because they're Jedi mm-hmm. flying around with their stipend. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Well, uh, let's go to Coruscant today. I heard there was some bad stuff happening. When I play Jedi, I'm also do it in English accent. <laughs> uh so that was like the first thing like uh the main character in the book and the whole like journey of her is really crazy and then another thing i the book did not go where i thought it was gonna go so like this book is very like i don't even know like i don't want to call it like a thriller because that's what you would call a movie that was like this but like it's very like intrigue and like almost political but like more like corporate espionage Does that make any sense? Oh, no, definitely. That's one of the things that I really liked about this is you never, like, quite knowing 
like what anybody's motivations are. And mm -hmm. it seems like there's like some corruption going on that in, within the Republic and maybe within like the Jedi themselves. It's that's super cool. Also like setting, and this is like one of the things I loved about this book and not, and this I'm be vague enough not to spoil anything, but <laughs> the fact that this sets up going forward, a corporate villain I right, right. am super excited for. Yeah. And there's like big stuff that happens in this book that like I'm waiting to see the ramifications on not even like the corporate stuff, but on like the the big like Nile battlefront stuff kind of happens too. Like there's a lot of things that happen in this book that that um, deal with. I'm wondering what they're going to be doing going forward. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say, I've been... It, in general, with the Star Wars books, mm -hmm. which, you know, sometimes I like and sometimes I don't like, but by and large, the ones that seem the best to me have been the young adult books. And I don't know why that is. Like, why in general, there's to, like tons of like good YA that I read, even though I'm mm -hmm. like 37 that I love. But Star Wars does it really, really well. I think it has, like, the thing that I always come back to, because I, I think this a lot as well, is that it's like, with a young, like, the young adult is, like, I don't know what the hell makes it a young adult. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what the difference is, but it seems like the stories are shorter, right? Like, you have a mm -hmm. story that fits into less pages, and for some reason generally like the pacing seems to move in these books whereas sometimes in the bigger books there are so many details and so many like wheels turning that sometimes it feels like uh it feels like uh like too deep and dense whereas the simpler stories and the f the stories that move these young adults they they just they're simply sometimes they're just simply more enjoyable you know because yeah, you get yeah. to the point i think also why a as a genre tends to be very character focused as opposed to like yeah. action or plot focused. And I like, I like that a lot. Cause I don't, I don't need like 20 pages of battle description. I want to know, <laughs> I want to know what's going on with, with the characters. And I want to yeah. know, like, I want them, to, like, I want their love lives and I want their <laughs> like, you know, wrestling with their with their faith and their beliefs. I find it all that like really fascinating, especially with a Star Wars backdrop mm -hmm. where it's been so much like, hey, the Jedi are good and the Empire is bad and that's the like sort of the way it mm -hmm. is. But this is like, okay, yeah, the Jedi are good, but even, you know, like there's all sorts of like problems that are happening and like mm -hmm. that you the, the fact that you finally in the High Republic get people going hey you know maybe this not having connections and attachments thing is super <laughs> unhealthy and leads to a lot of bad stuff and we should question that fair uh i also really like there's a fair amount of romance in this book and it was really well done and it's cute and it's wonderful and it's representation and everything that is is good in the star wars universe and Man, I, I like it yeah the when you compare the progressiveness of the books in terms of their diversity to anything else in Star Wars. Say it! It is mind-boggling. Like, I know... I Like, like 
YA, again, I come back to, I think that's one of the things I like about YA. YA tends to be one of the most, for whatever reason, tends to be one of the most progressive genres. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's right here. And like, hey, we have queer characters and we have uh, like central, you know, like lesbian relationship. And we have, Mm -hmm. we have an asexual, aromantic character who happens to like be one of my favorite characters in all of the High Republic anyway. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was so exciting. And I'm just like, I, I imagine being like a, you know, like 13 year old queer kid reading these books being like, hey, that's me. And I'm a cool Jedi with a like whip lightsaber. How awesome. how freaking awesome would that be? Awesome, awesome. And, it, and it's really cool that like in the books, especially like in this one in particular, like the, the, like there's like like follow through on the romance like it's not just it there's not it's not implied it's not like oh here's just like i don't know a, a, a guy who wears makeup in the background or something like that like it's it's just there it's 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 in the forefront and it is uh it's delivered on in a real way and it is it's just great character building great world building and it's just part of the story yeah, like that's a big thing is because I mean that's one of the nice thing about doing like same sex relationships in in sci-fi and fantasy and stuff is it, you you don't have to like they don't feel the need to do the oh but they're going through all these hardships and people disapprove of them and blah cuz like there's so much young well not just young but so much like queer literature is about like mm-hmm. queer pain and so to have books that are just like, no, I no, that's not even an issue at all. Like right. nobody blinks an eye about any of this because that's how they shouldn't. And so you just get this lovely, sweet stories that don't have to be about how hard it is to be gay. You can just be gay. Awesome. Uh, there is just like on that note, the like the romance in this book revolves around two girls and one of them has like this killer attack cat that is red. <laughs> I love that cat. <laughs> Which is awesome. It's a Volca or something. Or Vol- Let us see. I have the name here somewhere. Never mind. I'll find it later. <laughs> it's a cat and it kills people and shoots electricity or something. But It's like a lightning cat. <laughs> it's like Pikachu the cat like, or something. But in the comics right now, there is like a lesbian couple of bounty hunters that have a Nexu. <gasps> so this trend of like badass chick couples that have attack cats is like quickly becoming a thing in star Wars that I'm enjoying at the moment. So, I want that to become a cliche across yeah. everything. Or <laughs> just wait till the time when we're like, Oh, another couple with a killer cat. Like, <laughs> but we're getting there. We're getting there. You know, how far have we come? Um, there was, I don't know if you know, but I was mad at target for like a month because uh, let's see. I was trying to, when this book came out, I was trying to get the book. So I go out on day one and I'm like, ah, I don't like, uh, there's some, some exclusive covers and the target exclusive is like a close up of Lorna D's mask. And then the Walmart exclusive is like some, it's like Lorna D and two other Nile. And then the main cover is like Syl and Vern and wreath surrounded. And I wanted the main cover. But I was like, I couldn't find the book anywhere. Like I was, I went to Walmart and they don't have anything in stock. And I was like, okay, I'll just go to Target. 
and they didn't have it in stock. And I was like, man, you guys have a, a, everybody's got an exclusive cover. Why don't you have it in the store? And then I had the little target app. So I was like, okay, well, let's just go to the other. I'll just look at the damn thing instead of going to hunting five stores. And like none of the stores had it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe they'll have the exclusive cover and I'll have to get that. And they didn't have that either. And then I looked at it again. And it was like, this is not sold in stores. And I'm like, why are you going to have an exclusive cover that I can't get at the store? Like, yeah, what's weird. the point? Now they're there. I saw them like the next month. And I was like, why did you wait, sir? Why? I mean, the thing about those exclusive covers is they don't seem to have anything to do with the actual content of the book. I mean, most of them do, but these ones, no. Like, uh, I'm trying yeah. to think of the other ones. Like, yeah, but those were character in the uh, the last... I got the Rising Storm Target exclusive. That was a really nice cover. Like, Bell Zedifar in that book. <laughs> uh, this one that's, like, just all about the Nile? Questionable at best. Yeah, like, the... the like the, they know they've done a lot of exclusive versions of like the Thrawn books or something, but it's always like it's just Thrawn in a different pose. Yeah, <laughs> look, look, this is his fancy costume. <laughs> he has medals. Um, yeah, so I I was upset. I was like, man, I don't think I want an exclusive cover. But then I was like, man, I think I'm only going to get an exclusive cover. But then I couldn't get anything, and I had to wait like a week for shipping. So I was sad for a week. Oh, that's annoying. So I okay. So I went about this book entirely incorrectly, which is I got an advanced copy of this book. Okay. It's the only Star Wars book I've ever gotten an advanced copy of, but it meant I read it and hadn't read Rising Storm. Ah. <laughs> and didn't realize that Rising Storm came first until I was a couple chapters into the book. And then I went, oh, no, this is not me having a really bad memory. This is spoilers for stuff mm-hmm. I have not read yet. <laughs> like, oh. I still really... I still really enjoyed it, but it does it does uh, undercut some stuff now where I'm like, well, now now I know a whole lot of stuff that's going to happen right, in right. this other book that I got to read, and that's not going to be fun. <laughs> uh, Rising Storm, really solid book, by the way. And I don't know if you did. Did you read, did you read Light of the Jedi? I read Light of the Jedi. Did yeah. you enjoy it a lot? I liked it quite a bit. It felt like it was doing so much heavy lifting in terms of exposition mm-hmm. which like it was obviously yeah but yeah so uh, rising storm like takes a lot of that and really builds on it in crazy dramatic ways so much so that you've probably seen on twitter people are very emotional at the end of that book yeah i um, i keep i keep meaning to like i am going to read it it's that the last time like the hold came in for me at the library i was like had like five other books that all came in at the same time. And I'm like, ah, ah, no, I don't have time (laughs) to do this. Why do you do that to me? I mean, this is like math class, dude. If you fall behind on a High Republic book, it's going to like put you behind for three books ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to explain this to my son. (laughs) No, man, if you don't read a High Republic book, man, you're not going to be able to do Tempest Runner or whatever comes next. Um, I guess it's time to get in spoilers, but I guess suffice to say my main thing about this book is like, it's very political and intriguey and like it, the book doesn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. So as I'm reading the book, like I I imagine much like the characters and waiting for the thing to happen until I realize like, oh, like we're not even getting there. This is the book like uh, and not to say there's not like action. See, there's plenty of action. There's lightsabers. There's Jedi, even though the character, the main character is like a smuggler slash pilot slash transport person trying to make her way uh, a simple girl trying to make her way in the galaxy uh 
but it's really like a lot happens. And if you keep looking for the big thing to happen, you might miss the stuff in front of you. Cause that happened to me. I read this book and halfway through, or like I was waiting for us to get to the thing. And then when I finished the book, I was like, Oh, we never even got there. Like, and it was not in a way of like, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? The book was good, but like, Things happened that were so unexpected that it took me off the course of where I thought it was going. Unexpected in good ways. Yeah, like there is some, like like you said before, there's some major things that happened in terms of the High Republic as a whole, Mm -hmm. which I was not expecting to be in this book. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I say let's go spoiler time and get into it for realsies. Ready? Alrighty. Yay, High Republic insert spoiler thing here spoilers all right our main character sylvester yarrow and her switchback first of all like what did you think of the character i i really liked her um i struggled a little bit sometimes and i had a really hard time pinning down how old she was supposed to be right right. like sometimes she felt a lot younger than she did at other moments but I mean that's I mean that's not that you know that's not a deal breaker or anything and I think like it, she is regardless she is young enough that yeah sometimes she is going to seem younger and sometimes she is going to seem more mm-hmm. mature given the life that she had but I like how prickly she is mm-hmm. um, I think her backstory is really interesting you know like the whole like like raised to be a smuggler stuff is really yeah. cool. And then I like, uh, like some of the stuff that affects her life is like ramifications of like two books ago. Like now that the Bind Guild or whatever has been dissolved, formerly when they were working with the big corporation, it wasn't a big deal. And now she's trying to like hustle and make her own, you know, charters and and pilot. And she's like, man, I got to upkeep the ship. She has like a little crew on her ship where she's got to keep paid and fed and stuff. Um, So it's a lot of responsibility for she's supposedly like 18, right? I think so. But it's a very much like, She's lived a hard 18 years. Um, but I really like, I like her attitude and I like her, like the, she's another one of the characters that's like, ah, I don't really like the Jedi, but I like that she's not like, well, the Jedi killed my, you know, it's not like a, I don't know, like, like in, um, is it Clone Wars where we meet the, uh, the Martez sisters and they're like, look, man, these Jedi like rolled through and crashed a ship on us. And then we're like, oh, don't worry about the will of the force. Peace out. So it wasn't anything like personal, but they're just like, Jedi are supposed to be good. Like, where are y'all? Like, where, where were yeah. you guys when my mom got taken? Where were you yeah, guys when like these yeah. fools are getting like smoked it's, everywhere? It's not like you did anything like terrible yeah. to me. It's just like, what have you done positive for me? And it again, like something that we've returned to a lot in, in, Star Wars, but especially in the High Republic, which is you don't you don't care about the people and the outer parts of the galaxy. Yeah. And that that's the part I think that I really liked about the character. And that felt like the most real because that's like stuff that, you know, I don't know. Do you know your congressman? Man, what have you done for me lately, buddy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you might have a better one than me. <laughs> <laughs> But I have things like that. Like, I don't know who the mayor is in this town sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, man, like, why y'all hassling me about a parking space? Homeowners Association? How about security? <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, it's hard. Life. So, 
her ship, they end up getting attacked by the Nile and she loses her ship and she loses it. And like, they basically have to escape on an escape pod and she doesn't want to go. The crew is like, look, we got to go. We got to go there here. And she's got her gun and she's like, no, 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 I got this. And they're like, you don't got this. There's like 12 of them. We're going to die. And so she has to leave. And she's like, that was the last thing. Like two months ago, they killed my mom and now they took my ship and I don't have anything left. And I'm stuck on Coruscant have no ship and I have to figure out how to make life move. And that sucks. Cause like immediately I already feel so much for this person who's just lost everything. And it's like, how do you even pick yourself? Like, what do you do? You have nothing. You don't have friends. Your, your family's gone. You know, you have to be responsible. Yeah. I feel like Coruscant is a bad place to be poor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's always so juxtaposition. I like seeing this side of it. Because we're so used to seeing like, oh, the Jedi are home. Look at them just landing their little ships and then they're going to fly off somewhere else tomorrow. You know, like we never, well, not never, but like when we get to see this, it really flips on the head of, oh, you know, Padme got attacked last night. But don't worry, they're replacing the window today. Um, things like that, that are just such what we're used to seeing. The norm almost, right? Um, yeah. And instead we're getting like what, like sort of like average people's lives are like. Yeah. And and that's definitely, I, I like that this book really sets that apart, like main character wise, at, at the very least, you know what I mean? And eventually she does end up working with the Jedi, but Vern's in this book. Vern and her cool Padawan buddy, who she's like 10 minutes older than. But it's got to be weird. It, it seems like it's a little weird and they really have to acclimate to that thing. But she also seems like a really good master. Like she seems to really listen to her padawan in a ways that like sometimes the master apprentice thing can be so standoffish you know what i mean i can't imagine what it's like being dooku's apprentice <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> she's, like she's not great like it, they they seem to really have a little bit of understanding in a way that is almost i don't want to say like frowned upon but is clearly unique let's go with that well yeah and because they both even though even though they're they're obviously like different they both have these unique or at least like rare powers yeah. with with the force and a kind of uh, uh, she's able to understand even if she can't because he like this it's like super um like empathetic? empathy yeah yeah like it, but like to the point of it being like detrimental to his yeah. well-being like debilitating if he's overwhelmed by it you know? yeah i think that's really Interestingly enough, I just read, um, not just read, it was a couple months ago now, but the um, uh, Chuck Wendig had a new book, Book of Accidents, and one of the main characters there is a is a young kid who has sort of empathy as a, both, it, I mean, like to the point of it being kind of a supernatural thing, but again, portrays it as, yeah, there's lots of bad stuff that happens when, when you're feeling what everybody feels around you all the time, especially when you are in a universe where there's tons of bad stuff going on yeah yeah and it it ends up being a thing like you know they come to coruscant like that first they're on starlight and they're like kind of managing it it's still they're kind of like figure figure it out and then they come to coruscant and like that's where he's getting overwhelmed because there's so much more people and like all this stuff but she's doing really good at like trying to, she's like hey man like let me dig up in these books oh you're like genetian or something right well maybe they my master said that there's some genetian heritage and well let's introduce you to this jedi um 
and then her own stuff like we heard in a couple other books that she never told her master that her lightsaber is an awesome light whip and at first i was like all right well i mean that's cool like weird but whatever and it was like well you know it's not usual so sometimes some people take offense or whatever but now we're like three books in and they've said it again like she still hasn't told her master and now it's getting a little like hmm i wonder what that's about like now she even she feels like she can't tell her master so there's like a little bit of weirdness going around around that and i don't know where to put it but later in the book i think i start to understand a little bit like as more stuff gets piled in that pile i guess yeah cuz she's sort of already worried about the stuff that sets her apart yeah and these kind of like like almost sort of like i guess like astral projection visions that she yes. has and she's already like we see her struggling with what her path is and whether she is like connecting with the force the way she's supposed to and so i think the fact mm -hmm. that I mean, look, there's a lot of different lightsaber hilts, but in general, lightsabers are lightsabers, mm -hmm. and they're a very set thing, even though they you occasionally get like the weird like helicopter ones and stuff that Steel Saunders loves so much. Lightsaber umbrellas! <laughs> but for the most part, you know what a lightsaber <laughs> is, and so if you have a lightsaber whip, I guess when you look back and be like, okay, like, I haven't, I haven't heard of anybody else who has that in the, you know, millennia of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe on top of other stuff that would make you a little bit concerned. Yeah. And then it, it's also like she like her her master was Master uh, Stellan Gios. So she's like dealing with like, well, now he's the celebrity. He's the hero of Valo and all this stuff. Um, and it also seems that her relationship with him is like so different from her relationship with Imri. Like as a master, she's so much like. I don't even know, like closer in a weird way to her apprentice than it seems like her master is with her. And like, I don't know if it's indicative of the change in their relationship now or what it was like studying under him, but it is like a little bit interesting to see like the different ways that the Padawan, like I really like the way she interacts with almost everybody else because you have Imri who's like supposed to be her apprentice and they have a close relationship and they understand each other very well. And then you have Wreath who's like her classmate sort of, but like, she's, you know, a knight, he's still a Padawan, but you know, they feel like, ah, what's the word? Like co-students co like, you know, they're, they're like on the same level almost, even though she's a master. And then you have uh, master Comac and like, things are a little weird with him too. Like at one point, like he's kind of rude. He was like, look, I don't think you should have been made a master. And I was like, for real? Like, we're well, well past this, sir. Like, why you have to be rude to this little girl? Like, she's doing her best. Yeah. And then also, he's like... Maybe he's just like, keep that to yourself, dude. Yeah. And then he's like, look, I don't think you can't do it. Like, you can do it fine. But, you know, with experience, like, there's a lot of other things to go... Like, he's like, your ability is... Like, he tempers it a little bit, but I'm still like, you can't just say that. <laughs> Master Comac, you can't just go around saying that. <laughs> um, Yeah. That was weird. And I felt, I really felt for her at that moment. I was like, man, dude, I'd be kind of crushed if other masters would walk around being like, I mean, yeah, you're a knight, but are you a knight? Like, well, especially if I already had like imposter syndrome and oh. like was questioning whether I should be this or not. And yeah, 
that's that was tough. Uh, there's a there was I want to say it was one of these little like panels or interviews or something, and I don't remember who said it. I want to say Justine Ireland, but she was talking about how the idea of Vernestra is like what happens when you're the like the AP gifted student, and now you're in the real world. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I like that. I like that idea of the person who like excelled at everything. She was well, but you know, every, everything when she was in the Padawan club, but now in the masters, even though she was really good at stuff, they still kind of like look down on her and she's just the kid and she's just the this. And then the other students don't feel like they, you know, like they feel distanced a little bit as well because like she was the best. She was like, they, so like she's almost removed from everybody. And I can understand that it feels really isolating. And I like her character a lot and I feel bad for her sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I she's I think she is my favorite in the High Republic. Mm, oh God, that's tough, man. Yeah, she's she's up there for sure. I mean, you know, I'm all about buckets of blood, but man, uh, yeah, I don't know. I cannot weigh in on this. <laughs> I love her lightsaber whip though. So we also find out that Wreath has a little crush on her. <laughs> that was cute. That was cute. <laughs> for, like, no yeah. reason. <laughs> Or it's like, oh, sweetie, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, no. I mean, for many reasons, no. But it was funny and it was cute. And he was like, yeah, maybe. Nah, sorry, buddy. But she's nice to you and like, she's a good friend. Uh, did you, yeah, you read uh, Into the Dark, right? We did a podcast on it. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so we got, I got, I put a little picture in here of Nan. So it's cool. Like now that they do those little High Republic shows and we get to see them. Uh, but Nan is back in this book. And so Nan is like one of Rose's little people trying to like scheme and stuff. And the other person that she's like yelling at and she's like got this intense hatred for standing across the room from her is Crix, who is one of these characters that's from a comic, uh, who's like a new guy. And they like just took him from a planet. And he's like a young kid, too. Um, and so like all the other Nile are like, why is this guy doing stuff? He's been here like two weeks, you know. So I thought it was weird that they're like at odds so intensely, but also like interesting that there's like, ooh, like there's a person you hate over there. So like, and I don't like Crix and he was, he's a jerk. So I was like, yeah, punch that guy. Okay. I didn't, I didn't read the comic, so I wasn't sure whether he was from something else or not, but I'm like, I don't like that guy. Nah, he's but a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Nan's not having a good time. Nah, but they, uh, Ro sends her, they basically talk to Lorna and they get Ro to send Nan and the Oracle, the what's her name, Mari Santeca, to Lorna's people so they can finish this experiment and this weapon that they're trying to build, which sounds like a gravity well generator, which sounds like that might be what happened to Syl's ship because she mysteriously got pulled out of hyperspace. And if you're like me, you're like, an interdictor cruiser? They're going to build that later. But like, you know, here it's like fresh technology and they're using to weaponize hyperspace in new and different ways besides paths but um it was interesting and then the other part that they start dropping is like so this is where sill meets xylan graf and he's some like rich head of the graf family corporation holdings whatever so the grafs and the santecas are like opposing clans that were hyperspace prospectors and have been at odds for so long. So now he's just like this rich dude that dresses in very, very, very nice clothes and has a giant uh, 
bounty, uh, not bounty hunter, bodyguard. What is he? Oh, he's a Geigerin, like from Rogue One. That was fun when I pictured yeah. it in my head. I look. This guy is a first class jerk, and I kind of love him. Oh, yeah, he is like like he is people you hate like page one. Like you already are like, yeah, this dude, he going to get shot or something. But like, you're also if, like, yeah, I love reading every page with him. If, on it. if Star Wars met Succession, this character would be right at home. OK, so, you know, that's a show that I didn't see. But I'm like, I, I don't think I have a thing to compare this person to. Oh, well. We'll go with yours. We'll go with yours. We'll take yours. He's he's a rich jerk. He's a, he's a big jerk, dude. So what he wants to do is he's like, look, I need you, Syl, to come with me to tell them about what happened to you and your ship in the Barrange sector so they can clear my little thing to go and do an exposition because we want to buy it so we can do our little experiments or whatever. And there's nothing in the Barrange sector. Nobody wants it. But because, you know, the Santecas let the holdings go so many years ago. The Senate has it, and they won't let us go until we prove that there's no Nile there. And she's like, yeah, but I think Nile attacked me there. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 they didn't. Uh, you're just like, but you can come with us because that'll help prove to the Senate that that's not what happened. And you'll get to see since you know what's going on, and hopefully you can get your ship back. And he promises her, like, an amount of money that she desperately needs. And a ship on top of that. Yeah, so she's like... Okay, I know this dude is not being honest with me, and I know there's other stuff going uh -huh. on, and uh, it's all very confusing and political, but I need money, and this guy is very rich. Yeah. So, okay. It's like. <laughs> Which, fair enough. Yeah, she goes into it knowing he's trying, like, he's up to something. Like, she's yeah, already she like, I know what. this dude is shady as heck, but I need the cash, and I need to take care of people. And she, like, ends up getting money, some money up front to send to her, like, because her crew's still there on Coruscant, just stuck. So she's able to get them, like, 10,000 credits, like, hey, man, like, go, uh, you know, you guys can stay in a little hotel for a little while and eat for a couple of days while I'm doing this thing. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool. Like, I mean, I, th I thought it was sad because what a crappy situation to be in. To have to do, like, you know you don't like this guy. You know he's using you. You know he's full of crap. But also, you got to feed your people. You got to eat. And what else are you going to do? Because you just lost the last thing that you owned. Yeah, I. it made me really like the sort of like practicality of this character. Because yeah. she's not she's not dumb. She knows that he's up to something. Although, like, it's like, it's so there's no way she can know what. Because it's yeah. all very complicated and she only has such a small piece of it. Mm -hmm. But she's going to be like, okay, I can go do this thing. And... <laughs> You know, like, what do I care if, you know, yeah. this family He's gets trying to steal from the Senate or whatever. Like, you know? who cares? Yeah. What did they ever do for me? So, again, this is me just yelling at myself at the night when I'm reading this book. Of being very <laughs> angry at the Senate. Um, Star Wars and otherwise. Uh, so they go and he takes her to meet, like he puts her up in like a plush hotel and like he gives her like all these like fancy clothes. And then like the next day, like she comes out and he's like, ah. you know, we, there were outfits there. Like, why are you wearing this? And she's like, this is all my clothes. And he's like, no, we got you good clothes. And I'm like, Sky, dude, you just gotta, gotta get socked up. <laughs> 
doesn't even want to be seen with her in her grubby smuggler gear. Yeah, and then he like drops. He's like, is that how you're going to go see the senator? And she's like, what? And they go and they see Senator Gira Staros, who's the mother of Avon Staros from A Test of Courage, which was also a very wonderfully cute book. Um, And that's the one who's like been shooting this guy down for what seems like ages. Because they like they walk in the room. She knows she's being used and like immediately they're going at it already like uh, Graf and the senator. You know, she's like, oh, you're trying to do that thing again. And he's like, look, I got this person and blah, blah, blah. And she's and she's ready for him. She's like, well, you know, I can't trust that your people haven't been paid off. So click. How about you guys take these two Jedi? And then Vern and Embry are like, what's going on now? Uh, which was funny in and of itself. Yeah, because they just kind of get like shoved and do this thing. Like they just think they're like, "Hey, go go here," and they're like, "Okay, I guess we'll we'll go to there." What's going on? We're supposed to meet somebody. Yeah. And then it's like, "Hey, you're gonna go on to a mission into the nether reaches of space." Yeah, to prove that these Nile don't blah blah blah. Because Vern, you you and Emery, you guys fought Nile before, so like that way you guys have some expertise. This girl, she lost her ship in the sector, so we got people, you know. And they were like, "That's what we were in that room for five minutes for," <laughs> like. And then on the other side, she's like, oh, she was like ready. And then, uh, you know, they go back and forth a little bit. They also, there's a scientist that they send. I forgot his name, but there's a scientist. And what they tell Syl is basically, hey, what happened to your mom? And she's like, we were attacked by the Nile. They killed my mom. And, you know, only I survived or whatever. And then they're like, we think your mom is building this weapon for the Nile. So we need you to go and prove that and she's like my mom's dead and they're like okay well just come and prove that with us <laughs> yeah, she's like my mom's dead and also doesn't suck so yeah. and they're I don't like know what you're talking about yeah and they're like oh well your mom was like your mom went to the you know your mom was at the academy on carida where she was a hyperspace scientist blah 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 i don't know what it was really called but i'm gonna say hyperspace scientist please nobody correct me <laughs> Uh, and she's like, no, my mom was a pilot and like, we drove around like doing little jobs for the Bind Guild and then she got killed by the Nile. So like, why would, why would she be a Nile? They killed her. Duh, everybody. And then. Yeah. It's like if somebody told you, um, hey, you know, your dad, actually he was Albert Einstein. Yeah. It's like very, and she has like none of it, but then there's like, she starts, you know, later she's like, so why didn't they kill me? Like she starts to have like little nagging questions, but then she's also like, nah, that my mom cannot be a Nile. My mom's dead. My mom has to be dead, right? Yeah. And also like if my mom was alive, I would know because she would come find me because she is my mom. Yeah. This happened six months ago. Mom, if my mom was a Nile, then I mean, maybe she would get me a little mask or something. I don't know how it goes. <laughs> uh, so she's not happy with this information and why they want her on the mission. But she's also like... <sighs> Like, she still doesn't back out because she wants that money. Fair. And she's like, look, my, my mom's dead. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to prove their stupid little theory wrong. And I'm going to get my money. And I'm going to get my ship. And I'm going to put this whole... I'm never going to look at another stupid senator and a jerk rich guy. The rich people in this book, y'all, are so infuriating. And it's like the Graf family. <laughs> yeah. Like, eventually we're meeting more of the family. But, like, for him, for sure, dude, it's like, oh, dude, you want to slap him every other page and it's it's wonderful 
Rich people are bad. Rich people are very bad and irritating, and I can't stand them in this book. And the whole book, she's like, man, these crazy rich people. Y'all are wild. Y'all are silly. Um, Let's see. So what happens is... It's like I think they decide that the the Jedi are like, well, these are just kids. Like these can't. We need like real Jedi. So they ended up getting Comac and Wreath uh, to come along on the mission as well. Yeah, at that point, like you gotta go. Okay, but then why am I coming? Like if you're like Vern, you just gotta be like, okay, then why am I coming at all? Like if yeah. I am not a Jedi enough, how about you let me and my buddy go back and do anything other than this stupid thing? <laughs> Yeah, okay. we're trying to put together empathetic things like I got to help my boy with his he's having issues. And also I'm having really cool dreams that I want to f- try to figure out. Um, and this is also like it's around here where Comax like, look, you shouldn't be a Jedi Knight, but whatever. <laughs> and like that's that's the part where I'm really mad at Comac. But he's also like, look, they want me because I'm experiencing political people. So like. He basically tells her, like, yo, keep your head on a swivel because somebody's being shady and it's probably everybody. <laughs> like, I know we're all looking at Mr. Graff, dude, but Gyrostaros had y'all sit in a little hole and I would have recognized that, <laughs> you know, for what it was. You know, um, so I I like that, that he was able to impart a little bit of like experience wisdom. But I was also upset that he was kind of being a jerk. There's a lot of jerks in this book. Yeah, man. Everybody's really mean to this little girl. She's doing her best, y'all. <laughs> like, and she's really good and help. She's she's lucky that that dude is lucky to have her as a master. Because anybody else would have been like, I don't know. It sucks to be you, man. Why don't you try to meditate about it? Sometimes I feel like. <laughs> um, again, this is like the second or third book that they've mentioned this massacre on Dalna. We still don't have any details. But it seems to have taken place in Comac's lifetime, at the very least. Yeah, that's what that was one of those things that whenever I run into it, I go, Am I supposed to know what that is? Or No. But okay, I good. am I am very curious and I cannot wait for us to get that backstory or whatever we're gonna get about that. Um because this has been mentioned in two or three books, if I'm not mistaken. Don't correct me, anybody. <laughs> I know it's more than one book. Um, and yeah, she's still having those visions. And so like what ends up happening is they end up making the stop off at Tia K and like, it's like in the, like right after a Nile attack. And that's what her vision was. It was like these little Ugnot people getting attacked and they go. And then it's like a bunch of little Ugnot bodies and a couple of survivors, the same landscape. And they find this, like, it's like a, puzzle box slash I picture it as a music box for some reason but it's like this artifact that she doesn't know how to read and can't open but she takes with her because it was in her vision and she knows it's important and it seems to be in her vision that that's what the Nile we're looking for yeah it's got important symbols and stuff on it very mysterious very mysterious and it's at this point in the book where I'm like oh man I can't wait to see what that does because uh, now I'm like all in on this little uh, treasure box that she had a vision about and this is also where we meet Jordana Sparkburn and Remy the Volca, who is the little, like, electric cat with horns guy, who just happened to be Sill's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, who just sort of, because when 
Dill was leaving the planet. She's like, no, nah, I'm not going to come with you. And Dill was pretty upset about that. Yeah. They had like a bad breakup because she didn't want to abandon her duty. Jordana was like, nah, I got to stay here. But they got attacked. A bunch of people got killed. So now she's like, no, nah, I'm going to come with you to help solve this Nile thing. So she comes along for the ride, which is interesting and not at all awkward. Um, <laughs> don't worry. It turns out really good <laughs> for everybody. I really like her costume. Again, if you watch the High Republic show on YouTube, they're hitting us with little like a, you know, like some little art of the characters and the wonderful uh, Pokemon cat spark kitty thing. And she has this cool like all all black sort of like jumpsuit with a couple of like leather wristbands. And she's like a bodyguard slash. Sheriff. Yeah. Of this little place. But she is a Santeca. She's like a Santeca Cousins. And at one point, she's like, oh, yeah, y'all heard of the Church of the Force? They're all about it on Naboo right now. And then I point at the TV like Leo. <laughs> I'm like, I've heard of the Church of the Force, but it was on Jakku. Anyway. Uh, oh, my God. What did I do? I, I put Nan on board the gravy's heart. That's not correct. <laughs> wow. I don't know how that happened. Anyway, the ship is called the Gravity's Heart. Maybe I don't know, I prefer letters. your version. <laughs> this is stupidest. <laughs> anyway, and I don't know why I put another picture of Nan. I must have duplicated it somewhere. Now so, I'm thinking of like a like a ship that's just like a bunch of like chefs. Yeah, like that's that's totally like catering for the uh, the Niles. <laughs> like they're just like, oh, we got to go pick up acquisitions at the Gravy's Heart. We got to call ahead for biscuits. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's that happened. Uh, so then they find out that, oh, so Nan's on board the gravity's heart with Mari Santeca and does it this time that we, we find out the truth of, of, uh, Miss, Miss Sil, like what's Sil's mom's name? Chansey, Chansey Yarrow, right? Yes. About here. Cause here's where she's I like, so. I'm the doctor. Dun, dun, dun. And me at home was like, oh, she's alive. What? And she sucks. And she's a jerk. And she's a Nile. And she's walking around on the gravy's heart in a dress. Just like doing her little science in comfortable clothes without a mask. And like, and like killing people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so she is definitely building a weapon for the Nile. Just like we thought she wasn't. Um, so and the whole. So it's like from here on out. I am just waiting for the bomb to drop for poor Syl. Cause I'm like, okay, like you lose everything and it sucks. And you've been mourning this person for six months and you're probably about to find out that this person was alive and is the jerk that everybody told you that she was and didn't come back for you. And that's going to suck. Yeah. But I also love that Nan is like, I'm super cool and Ro loves me. So I'm going to like, this is just some old doctor chick who I can certainly like, easily fool and get one up on and that does not go the way she thought it was going to go no not at all uh, and she <laughs> hates the job too she's like the job is i have to watch this stupid person in the this you know stasis tube while the doctor like does whatever the doctor does you know and my job is just to hang out there and she's like i got no credentials i just have to sit here and watch these people for like a week i want to be doing nile things like attacking people and playing loud music, listening to my radio <laughs> loud. Uh, so they don't go to the Barange sector. So this is the part of the book 
I'm waiting for them to get to the brain sector. We've taken three stops. They don't get to the brain sector. <laughs> like, no. all the stuff happens before they get there. And then when I finish the book, I'm like, oh, we never got there, huh? The whole time I was like, man, I bet hits, shit's going to hit the fan as soon as we get there. They never get there. We stop off at the graph compound, which is called something really pretty. I forgot what it's called, though. I thought I wrote it down. Oh, well. Um, And it's like it's like this space station that's like this beautiful space station that, you know, like the whole family. That's like the family's holding. It's a space mansion, y'all, yeah. basically. Um, So they stop there and they get ambushed. They meet Grandma Catrionograph, who is, I guess, the like matriarch of the graph family and then they get ambushed by a bunch of nile and then they're like oh yeah we're friends with the nile and we help them with their things because they help us with our corporation make money somehow you know profit um and i'm sure it has to do with like attacking and not attacking their ships and attacking other you know trade ships and stuff like that but they are most definitely helping fund this invention <laughs> Yeah, and this, like, I gotta say, like, when you get into all the complicated hyperspace stuff, yeah, uh, that is that is when I go, okay, I know that it's important, but it, like, it is like the worst of like Star Trek techno babble <laughs> to me, where I'm like, okay, they they need to do the thing because it's a thing, and if they don't, if these bad guys do the thing, then bad things will happen. Right. So the good guys need to stop them from doing the thing. They can't build the thing because it'll make hyperspace bad. So they have to stop them. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, but don't listen to the doctor. Just trust me, she's bad. And then also, like, uh, as like as we're getting here, Vernestra's visions are getting more and more intense. And Imri is actually dealing with this stuff a little bit better. So we have a little bit of, like, the, like, like, he was able to, like, get his abilities under control more. And Vern is having a hard time, but she still, like, doesn't want to tell anybody. And I feel so bad for her in this, like, space where she doesn't know who she can talk to. She doesn't feel she can talk to her Padawan like that, at least. But she doesn't know what to do with the information. But she knows she's seeing things and she knows it's taking her somewhere. Um, yeah. But she's also, like, if you're just having a vision of, like, some, like, woman telling you, hey, you need to come here. Then maybe you gotta, you know, you you would be cautious. Yeah. Walk the line, I guess. I don't know. But she's, uh, yeah, she's having trouble with those visions so here they all get attacked they get gassed they get poisoned and like sill wreath and emery are all kidnapped and they're taken on the gravity's heart so when they wake up like the jedi can't really use their powers very well because like they've been drugged and then um sills like this is the mo this is the like soap opera like mom dun 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 it is me your mother and i'm a jerk and she's like, you know, like, what? How could you be part of the Nile? And she's like, don't you remember Auntie Lorna? And like, y'all, like, I when I learned that Lorna D was Auntie Lorna after knowing Lorna D for like four books, man, that was that's good times. That's that's a really good moment. Uh, so what would happen is that, like, I guess when Syl was a little kid, she would send her with Auntie Lorna for summer and like she would train her up to be a cool warrior survivor give her survival school but she also like broke her arm like a couple of times and i'm like man auntie auntie learn is rough it's like ninja boot camp kind of it sounds tough um and then she's like auntie lorna is actually a nile 
Storm? No, what is she? Tempest Runner. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a whole book about it. I'm sorry, audio drama. Um, yeah, and Syl is like, I don't believe it. How can this be? And it is very, very bad. But man, your mom is such a jerk, Syl. You, you can do better. You get out of there. You get out of that shadow. Yeah, and her mom just like assumes she's going to be completely fine with this and go with her right away without arguing. Yeah, she's like, here, I got your mask and everything. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Yeah, but Syl is not happy with this turn of events. She's not happy being wrong. Uh, and she's like, man, like, there's one really good quote in here somewhere where it's like, my mom always said that the Senate is where politics go to die or something like that. And I'm starting to understand what that means. Like the circles that everybody's yeah. running to try to get these little things for their own ends. She's starting to realize that like, oh, that's just everybody. Like all these rich, like the graphs want to do this because they're trying to make money on this. The senator wants to stop it so she can put the Santecas over or whatever. You know, like everybody has their own. Yeah, nobody's like yeah. just like good and altruistic. Nobody cares about her or her mom or her ship that they lost and her crew that they're trying to like scrape by. Um, and that's the most heartbreaking thing. And it also feels the most real. Uh, Comac calls reinforcements. Uh, they get to, they end up going to, to rescue them. And Vernestra recognizes the place from her visions. And so as they get on the ship, this is the part of like, holy crap, this stuff is happening. She gets on the ship. She realized the voice that was calling out to her was Mari Santeca, who is like the Oracle that gives the Nile their paths from like that. We've been watching this sort of evolve over all the books. And she calls Vern in there and she basically says, I was saving this last path path for you. She gives her the path, like through their psychic force connection. She gives her the path and then she dies. That seems like it's going to be a big deal later. Yeah, that's, it seems pretty, pretty important. Seems very like, whoa, man, books are cool. And like, not like I'm like, man, cool. The old lady died. I'm just like, wow, this was a really, really good payoff. And well written and well played out. And like Vern entrusted with a yet another secret. <laughs> My poor child. Uh, so she gives her this final path that we don't we don't even know where it goes but anyway the Jedi come and they attack the place they attack the graph they destroy the gravity's heart the mom escapes with Nan Um, everybody else makes it out okay the lightning cat attacks people with lightning and bites them which, is, Which wonderful. is what you want from Lightning Cat. Exactly. Uh, Jordana comes and saves Syl, and they, you know, have a whole like, I'm never going to let you go again. Oh, they get back together. Um, so it's like Chansey, Yarrow, and Nan are like escaping on a ship somewhere. And Nan's like, crap, I can't go back to Roe because my job was literally like, okay, hang out and make sure this girl doesn't die. And now she's dead. <laughs> Yeah, there was a couple things that were like, yeah. first of all, like, because like, Roe used to have that, like, he had the box that got stolen. Right. Because that was, like, her box. And she got, I mean, yeah, 
She failed. Like you don't. He's yeah. not a guy you want to fail, no. and you especially don't want to fail him multiple times. That that bridge is gone. She had. She you had one job, Nan, and you did not accomplish the job. Um, Vern's giving the mission report to the thing, and she's like, "Man, I really hate giving mission reports. This sucks. Uh, I do not enjoy this at all." Sill ends up back on Coruscant. She ends up like the, the like the graphs get arrested. Like, but it's clear that they're going to go through appeals and courts and trial processes and things. Yeah, because they got rich people around. Yeah, so, but she goes and she gets, she has a brand new ship. She gets there and it's that like fancy graph ship that has all the new blasters and all the new hyperspace stuff. And she, they got to fly it when they went to go rescue everybody else. And she's like, wow. And it's called the Avenging Goddess, which is, that's just really nice sounding. Uh, It sounds badass. Yeah. Uh, Syl and Jordana are together. Vern doesn't know... Vern, I shouldn't call her that. She doesn't like to be called Vern. Vernestra doesn't know what to do, but she feels that she needs to keep the path to herself. So she does. And it also goes back to, like, when she would have those visions, when she was young, a lot of times it would be hyperspace stuff. And her master would always say, oh, maybe you can be like, you know, one of the like Jedi who can navigate hyperspace with the force. And she was like, what? That's crazy. I can't do that. But now she's starting to think of what she can do about that. And like, maybe that's, maybe that might be her path after all. And she sort of needs to follow wherever it is the force takes her. And Syl and her girlfriend start their new life and are like, we're going to Takodana. There, we're going to find work. Uh, I have a connection. And that's the book, man. The Takodana bit was cute. Yeah, but now I'm like, wait, like, does the, like, does, like, is Maz on the, like, why does Maz have Nile contact? Because these guys are shady, man. Like, I don't know who gave them the last contact, but, like, I don't know. I mean, everybody yeah, knows Yeah, but Maz. I mean, there was plenty of shady people hanging out of Maz's castle. That's fair. That's completely fair. Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I really, really enjoyed the book. I really like Vern, Syl, Jordana, and that cat. <laughs> Some of my favorites. And I really love to be pissed off at Xylan Graf 90% of the time. And yeah, this is a very, this is a great book to read if you want to be mad at rich people. Yeah. But also, I just, I, I like all the stuff that it set up. I mean, we like, obviously, the hyperspace stuff and uh, Nihil losing their oracle, but the the setting up of, of, the, of, of the graphs as a new, uh, like, big bad going right. forward. Is very exciting, especially since, you know, they seem to be able to, like, buy senators and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, another piece of that whole, like, it feels a little bit, like, sequel era to me because um, a lot of the books, like, Bloodline in particular, very much factor about, Mm -hmm. like, the First Order and how they're getting, like, senators to be like, the First Order isn't even a threat. They're just guys who have stormtroopers, (laughs) you know, like... The idea of these people who are able to like buy these senators like that and really affect the uh, the stupid <laughs> democracy 
<laughs> and negatively to achieve their own things. Yeah, keep the money out of politics, Star Wars. Yeah, I, I, I just like it's 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 wonderful. I love the characters, and it is also infuriating because it feels too familiar sometimes. Yes. There's Jedi, and there's space, and there's hyperspace, and there's visions, but also there's rich people being jerks. And that is, that's my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my <laughs> TED Talk. Uh, yeah, man, I cannot wait to see what, like, like now I'm really, really invested in Vern's future. Because I feel like her, like, I feel like this is a piece in the story where her path is going to diverge. And I am very curious to see where it goes. Yeah, one of the things that the High Republic has done really well is exploring different and new ways that the Force manifests itself. Mm -hmm. And also, like, the that it, your options are not just Jedi or Sith. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. And I love that, like, oh God, I, I, I just like, love how much they've built the world, but it also seems to lead a lot to the world that we know like uh all the the nile exterminate like hunting down the nile because of the tragedy at valo and all that so like the jedi need to be a big part and the republic puts together a task force to put down the nile that seems to be like very much the seeds of like the republic and the jedi working almost as a police force you know what i mean like them being oh, closer yeah. in a different way than they used to and more political as a piece of that that uh as an arm of the government rather than their own thing, you know. And this seems to be leading to a lot of places where the corruption, you know, like, I mean, it's clear that there's already corruption in the Senate. But, you know, by the time we get to the Phantom Menace, they won't even like go check out on a planet that's blockaded. They send two Jedi and they're like, it's nothing we can do, man. Uh, will you defer for somebody to be sent so we can like look at this? How about these two Jedi? We sent them already. Isn't that what you did? Uh, like because of money, because of politics and because the trade federation is like this big corporation, which is messed up if you think about it. Cause that's exactly what it is. It's a corporation that has a seat at the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> that's bad. Y'all George told us. Why does nobody listen <laughs> there, to George? There was just some insane opinion piece that I saw going around Twitter. That was like, Amazon should have a seat at the UN. Like, I'm just like, it's sad no, how real it's getting. Bad. No. <laughs> that seems bad to me. I would like to direct you to exhibit A, 1999's episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Um, anyway, uh, we seem to be in the end of days ourselves, but these books are getting really, really good. Uh, I let's see. The next thing after this is Tempest Runner. And they announced like phase three stuff. So like, you know, Claudia Gray is doing the fallen star. We're getting, I think it's midnight horizon, which has got to be the coolest name of a star Wars book. Ever. Pretty good. And then I believe, don't know what it means, but it's good. <laughs> you got me. You got me. I will buy. I'll take five. I can only read one at a time. Not to mention Ronan coming out like in a month. Nope. In a week. Oh man. Actually, by the time you hear this, it might be out. 
Yeah. Uh, Emily, closing thoughts and or where we can find you and or anything else you have to say about Ted Lasso will be welcomed. <laughs> uh, everybody should watch Ted Lasso because it is just life-affirming without being like treacly and eye-rolling. And Jason Dacus is amazing. Yes. Um, I would also say I like this book overall. I felt like maybe the end felt a little bit rushed, but that's just because there was so much buildup mm-hmm. that like there was so much going on that I think when it all like when it all happens, you're like, wait, but what about all the other stuff? But you no, know, we're on the yeah. new thing, and that's all over now. And I'm very <laughs> like. <laughs> That's the part, part where that. I was like, yeah. we didn't get to the Branch sector, though. <laughs> like, I thought that's what the whole book was about. Yeah. Until I realized, wait, wait, the Gravity Heart is in the Branch sector, probably, right? <laughs> yeah, no. But, like, Justina Ireland does a really good job of introducing some new characters who I hope we see in the future, but also exploring characters who we already knew. So I recommend this book. It's very good. I liked it. And you can, again, you can hear me on the Cantobite Dispatch. Yes. Y'all, go listen to the Cantobite Dispatch. Like, I know I know that it is my number one source of Ted Lasso talk. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, there, I mean, there's a couple of other shows that, like, mention Ted Lasso, man. But this is, like, where I, y'all get to get in. I mean, it turns out it's my number one source for Gossip Girl talk, too. But that's a thing in and of itself because I don't even... Gossip Girl isn't even my number one source for Gossip Girl talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me, though. Um, But yes, the show is fun. It's wonderful. And I love hearing you you guys and everything you have to say on things that I may or may not be interested in, because it's still interesting to hear you guys talk about it. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. And let's see. Yeah, that's about it. You can check us out at therogerebels.com. Go tweet at us. Go leave us a message. Go listen to this podcast. Share it with your friends. Take Tanto by Dispatch. Share that with your friends. And uh, everybody have a good old time. I believe I'm going to get into some War of the Bounty Hunters real soon with a certain Mr. Hawes Burkhart. Yay. So be ready as we as we get ready for the book of Boba Fett. We're going to see what Boba Fett's doing between Empire and Jedi. So that's going to be a lot of fun, I believe. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to Ronan just as much as y'all. Because if you know anything about me, you know that stories about Ronan and classic samurai films are my jam. So, yes. The answer is yes. I don't know what the question was, but it had to be something about Ronan. Yes. So. For the survival of the Republic. The, the fate Today. of all Jedi. For control of the Force itself.